Welcome to the Navigating Cancer Together podcast. My name is Talea Dendi. I am a 10-year cancer thriver, cancer doula, and owner of On the Other Side. I use my experience to help others get on the other side of cancer. This podcast is about sharing stories, resources, and information about all things related to cancer and wellness. I interview guests from all walks of life who are living with cancer, caregivers, and those who made it on the other side. Also, I talk with organizations, healthcare professionals, and experts in the health and wellness spaces who offer complimentary and integrative care. Join me. We are in this together. Hello, and welcome to Navigating Cancer Together. My name is Talea Dendi. Today, our very special guest is Ms. Trina McGee. I am so excited for you guys to learn about all the amazing work that Trina is doing. Trina is an end-of-life concierge specializing in cancer and heart-related illnesses and is a practicing practical intuitive that uses her gifts of seeing the need under the need. Trina comes from an extensive background of sales and service in the industry of beauty medical sales and optometry. Alongside her sales expertise, Trina has serviced over 30 plus years in holistic and alternative care. Trina takes pride in offering mentorships and side-by-side studies in, in the holistic health and well-being movement. Trina now uses these skills along with her synesthesia to assist persons in times of planning for and pre-planning for the last stages of end of life and is called to be by the side of each of her persons as they leave the body with ease and grace. Mm. Trina, welcome so much. It's such a pleasure to have you today. Oh, it's such a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for the invitation today. I think it's so vitally important that we're talking about this today. Absolutely, Trina, I agree. And you are so welcome. I want to start off this very important conversation about a question that I had, and I'm sure our listeners have the same question. Mm -hmm. Can you please explain to us, Trina, what's the difference between an end-of-life doula, a death doula, and an end-of-life concierge. Please explain those different terms. <laughs> well, thank you so much for asking, because uh, that's definitely a great question. Um, I believe, as I went into my studies, the end-of-life doula is a name that we've used probably since the beginning of time. As you know, a doula is a servant uh, that serves many, and that this particular is at the end of life. End of life doula, um, uh, any of the different names around those are all the certifications that we receive just to give a standard of care. So uh, whether you're taking a program or education, an end of life doula program or registration or a death doula, all comes with, we're hoping, a regulation of ways that we can care for our beloved. And as you say with your businesses, walk them on to the other side. 
As an end-of-life concierge, I'm so glad you asked that name because I'm hoping to make it a much more familiar for many of our listeners and the people that are listening to that re-recording, is what I saw through being a death doula was the need for that ultimate caring experience. So as a concierge, I think many of us, uh, even if we have it, we could use our imagination for a moment and we could imagine what it's like going into your absolutely favorite place and being able to walk up to the concierge and ask them specifically for exactly what you need and knowing that they will care for that so that you can care for yourself. So as an end of life concierge, what I do uh, with my special guests and the persons and family and community and pets is I assure when they come to me that I can meet all their particular needs and resources so that they have a one-stop or the ultimate non-traumatic end of life experience so they can spend each second living their life, every moment. So as a concierge, I take all that stress and I bring that into a way of just coming back with solutions, never a problem. That is great. And it sounds like a great service for a very stressful time in someone's life. And we don't always have to look at death as a bad thing. So having someone like you for that support just makes it easier and takes a lot of that fear and that stigma away from death. So very important. Thank you. And you're welcome. Trina, where do you think the end of life doula care will be, say, in the next five to 10 years? You know what? That is a very important question question that we look at. Um, for myself, I'll give you the statistics that I've been doing to create my study so that I could be that ultimate concierge. Is within Canada, we see the need of 100,000 individuals in the next approximately 10 years that will not have a bed. What does that mean? It means a hospital, a hospice, or a facility where they will be having their end of life. So I believe an end of life doula uh, will be needed in homes, to assisting families, and ensuring a location where they would like to have their end of life when they are not in a medical facility, alleviating basically the stress that's needed for those individuals that will need the hospital beds. Once again, I think we're all kind in one another and we share the resources we have. But we alone in Canada, being one-tenth of what you are in the United States and around the world, I, I myself am looking with the group of end-of-life doulas and hopefully bringing on more concierge so that we can make this a painless, mindful way of educating people before that need changes. And hopefully making some changes in that and making more beds and private facilities, home facilities and trainings available. And I think that's going to be very important to look to the future. I agree, Trina, that having the ability to be at home in your final days and then also mm -hmm. having loved ones who are trained to take care of you and help you transition is so important. Very important. Trina, why should someone hire you as their doula versus, say, another doula that maybe costs less? You know, um, what is your what is your value? What do you do differently? Well, I'm really glad that you say that, because often in this experience, when we're shopping, because let's be honest, when you're looking for an end of life doula, one of the most important things I would believe is that it can alleviate that trauma and give you comfort at the end of life. 
So why would someone come to me? Because I do cost definitely more money. I am a premium price executive um, end of life doula is because I saw a gap when I did my studies asking for people that specifically said, I am a busy family. Every single person actually needs or is creating, or as we've seen from COVID, coming back and recreating an income. And they may not be available, but what they would like to have is 24-hour care at home. Because as we were mentioning, there's not always going to be a facility. And I am definitely looking for people that are looking for specific locations. So, you know, let's let's look at someone that just called me the other day that said, you know, I'd really like to have the end of life on my 100-foot yacht. Well, wow. that's a different experience. There's a lot of different information and details that I'll need to acquire and get that information for them. But as an end-of-life concierge, my question to them was, thank you. When would you like me to begin? Much different than putting up obstacles. Now they can enjoy their life, knowing that they know there's some details that they might have not even thought about that they'll take care of. And as a concierge, it offers the highest, most confidentiality and privacy so you can ask for those special things that you probably would not be able to ask from a regular doula. A doula is often um, confined to particular things that they can offer, where a concierge can delegate any of those things that a doula may not be able to do to a licensed, registered, or a privileged individual that would be lovingly giving those particular services to that individual. Because this person also asked for having someone from the symphony come in, a violinist, because it's very important to him for his process. And he also would like to have some kids come around and maybe show little boats. He'd like to donate some of his special things to individuals, but he'd like to do it in a way that it's part of his legacy project. So that's something that I could put together as a concierge because I could work in partnership with the community and individuals that might not have an opportunity to be in locations like that and take away this idea of um, uh, exclusion and bring in inclusion. Wonderful. And Trina, when you get these unique and special requests, typically how much time does it take for you to pull it all together? Oh, yeah, you got a good one there. It's actually, <laughs> this is why particularly in my job, um, I will not be taking on multiple clients because it is a full time job. So uh, just like a nurse or a doctor or any medical or emergency response professional would normally work on a shift of 12 hours to be reasonable when I'm working with one of my particular clients as a concierge, that investment is a, is a 12 hour, uh, even though I'm open 24 hours, it's usually a 12 hour a day commitment. But as I build the resources and reach out to people, I mean, I would ask people to join me after this podcast and definitely share what resources you have is I'll be creating a directory and that time period will become a lot, a lot less with social media and other details and people that I've vetted and make sure that they're, um, you know, meeting with the needs uh, and had all their checks and everything done. I'll be starting to utilize them. So it'll be a lot more of a flowing service, but there are going to be some unique things, but it feels so far that it's been it's been just very graceful. But I do commit to about 12 hours a day um, as I'm building my brand and building the services uh, to ensure that we have everything available. That's great. And the fact that you have other people that you can delegate to and partner with is very critical. 
for those special situations. So that is wonderful work that you're yeah. doing. Trina, what is one thing you offer the persons that you are supporting and the families during the vigil time? Oh, you know, vigils are so unique, so special. Um, one of the main things that I bring is I have a background uh, with a beautiful trainer of Marshall Rogenberg in nonviolent, or I like to call it compassionate communication. So I help utilize that at a time uh, during the vigil where things can come up that can be overwhelming, but people want to be able to still engage in the experience and or having some breakdowns. So what I offer is something that I call um, a breakdown from a breakthrough. I bring in tools, resources, areas. I use some tactile, similar to what we do with uh, dementia patients, where I create a special area where uh, we can still be present and or close to the dying and take some time out. I actually create this beautiful chair that has a lot of tactile equipment and what I call the tickle trunk, <laughs> good old Mr. Dress Up. And I fill it full of things that can um, really um, assist them. And that's part of the pre-interview process that I do uh, before the vigil so that I am aware of what the needs are of everyone that's going to be coming into the room and knowing what else that might be needed. I also do Reiki. So I'm able to assist each individual, specifically when I'm working with the cancer patients, the feedback that I have been getting through the process is they always say, you know, Trina, I love it. It's like a gas tank. I feel when the Reiki has run out or run down low, and I like to have a little fill up of that energy to give me relaxation and ease through that comforting and discomforting time that I often go through. So I, I bring in both the talk therapy, tactile. I also do painting by their side. So as they're leaving, I utilize that synesthesia that I have that often when I was young at about four, people were often looking at synesthesia um, and these mix of things coming into me um, as not a value but I found it to be very beneficial because what I can do is I can really, um, I call it tapping in probably because I'm a tap dancer and some intuitive say that, but see what some of the needs are and then give that attention and bring inclusion. So no one feels excluded from the active dying experience. And, and to educate people, I begin vigiling three days if possible before as an intuitive I thought that was really important that we talked about this today as an intuitive and people go through that waves, which I'm sure you're aware of mm -hmm. people go, they get little bounce backs. So by being an intuitive and being able to sense into the energy of that individual that I've built this bonding relationship and they've committed to me to walk with them home that we can, I can assist them particularly in those senses that come up. So whether it just be, um, you know, maybe softening the, the mouth with a sponge and making them feel comfortable, but maybe giving a child a savory supplement, um, like a vitamin or something that the parents have brought in that they could have so that they could also be a part of that experience. And imagine what it would be like, you know, to have that soothing effect. So there's many different things within the vigiling, but I have quite an extensive array of things that I offer. I'm actually creating a list and I'm up to 101 right now of different things mm -hmm. that people can choose like a tapas. Yes. When they're in the vigiling, because 
some of the things until I ask people what they'd like, I always say, it's a concierge. You're allowed to ask for that. You know, mm-hmm. I learned That's that one important. from, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I learned that one from Patch Adams. I used to work for a company called Aveda and we bought the, oh, we yeah. brought in the original Patch Adams. And back in those days, he had really shared the importance of what he did in his job. And I just always remember that. He said, you know what, if it's bubbles, if it's clowns, whatever it is, if you can ask for it, let's make it happen. Yeah, that's, that's nice. That's so nice. And throughout our conversation here today, I keep hearing options, options. Yes. It's what you want options. And that is so important being able to have those options to choose or being able to bring something to the forefront that's not so common and say, Mm -hmm. hey, Trina, can you make this happen for me? That's wonderful, Trina, that you're able to do all of these things. And as you've mentioned, we've talked before and I'm learning more about you today and all the skills that you have, and you have a vast array of skills. Who were your influencers? You know, how, where did you get your training? Well, I'm so glad you asked. My influencers have honestly been everybody who's listening right now. If you even just paused for a moment and thought about if you were waking up that day and you were to ask for what you desired, how could I be a day maker? So there's my first influencer. David Wagner, who also had cancer, um, who uh, was when when I knew from Aveda, so we can follow him because I'm using his statement. So thank you, David. (laughs) He was my biggest influence since the day I read his book, The Daymaker, and he shared the story about being a daymaker. I have started and ended every day. I have not skipped a day since then to be a daymaker. So he was a larger influence. But I must say, over the 30 years, it's everyone from Brendan Bouchard, who gave those amazing messages of the 32 questions you ask your loved one before they pass on, that I incorporated with my amazing training from health and wellness from the inside out, with over 25 years of volunteer and following uh, Deepak Chopra. Um, But, you know, I'd have to say the best experience myself was working with people from every part of life. People have always come to me. So I would believe the influencers are those kids waving or crying in in the little baskets when they're going past me in the malls when I was a salesperson. Um, To the champion of a woman who I saw um, regularly when I was in spa industry, um, Elaine, she owned a group called the Mega Hair Group. And how she brought us together. And she was creating the ultimate experience. And, you know, once again, another person who uh, passed from cancer, who I love so dearly, who was a huge mentor to me, was um, Horst from Aveda, original owner of Aveda. Horst really taught me beauty from the inside out. And I have to say, you know, there's so many people to be grateful for. But right now, I'm even honing my skills with Laura Day um, from Laura Day Intuitive, Practical Intuitive, to really understand that there is a place that um, is often missed for those individuals that don't have care. And it's about slowing down. And just like you're going to watch a movie, 
picture the story and the legacy that you'd like to have. So I've, you know, I've really honestly been influenced by everybody. And most of all, my six friends who passed away, each one of them walking them through their cancer journey. Uh, sorry. It's okay. real. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a real experience. Each one of them had a, a different way. And it was the doctors, it was the practitioners, it was the nurses, it was the people that fixed the equipment, mm-hmm. the care they gave. And I'm really inspired by daily practicing and education. And I'm inspired by what you've created. So today, you're part of my Shiro list as well, for what you're creating. Thank you so much. I appreciate that, Trina. And just a wonderful list of influencers that you that you have. Aveda is a, a wonderful company. I love their products. So I can see where a lot of that came from. How did you make the transition, Trina, from beauty sales and optometry to end of life doula care? That's that's a big difference in a way. <laughs> it is a big difference, but I think you heard me say that. So I'll come back to it because it's actually yeah. quite simple. When you think of optometry, we're looking into the eye. Mm-hmm. That is where we see many diseases. So, mm-hmm. and when I worked with Aveda, one of the main things they taught us, I had probably the best education when I started because the company was under Horse Redenbacher when I first started. So normally you start a job and you get about one or two weeks of training. I had mm-hmm. six months of extensive training, extensive wow. training, learning the products, learning how the products work, learning contraindication, learning diet for a poison planet. So I knew what ingredients went into where. So my education and transition was built from each one of the influencers and education that I received. My last company I worked for, I worked with one of the top ethical companies in the world that covered so many different product and information, but because they had research and development, and I love reading white papers, I thought, what better when I was dealing with my clients to say, I'm not dealing with them. Why don't I start learning? So I started asking doctors, professionals, information and probing questions that would get me the answers in simplicity so I could deliver it accurately, not just the person that um, I was communicating with, but I could do it in an educated, kind, compassionate, and accurate way so they could document it and be educated and not be overwhelmed. And being in the beauty industry, I don't know if you know this, but I got to give a big shout out to them because I find that hairdressers Therapist. I call them mm-hmm. therapist. So 27 years in being a therapist and learning beauty from the inside out and an optometry and sales is just facilitating the dying process. It really mm-hmm. is because every day we're dying. So instead, I just wanted people to have everything taken care of and have the best service so they could live every breath. So in that study, I really learned that by just starting and ending every day as a day maker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's exactly it. And it brought me here because during the process of my friends um, slowly being diagnosed and then looking for different therapies and experience, I was able to use each one of those careers while I was actively working to gather how I could gather that research and more importantly, partner with the right individuals to ensure that there, if there was a weak spot that I could be an advocate for them. So that moving forward, 
Yeah, because there, need, there was a need for an advocate, uh, people getting to certain locations if it wasn't available. And I have to be honest, just like a lot of us do, I used my prestigious position in order to make things move. And I definitely involved myself with that advocate portion. So that's how I made the transition. You know, one of my girlfriends, part of her legacy project said, uh, the most important thing I want you to do, the moment I pass when I take my last breath, you were to take all the hair that I gave you, and I want you to do 40 sunsets in 40 days for me, Trina. I want you to leave that last hair I had, the henna crown that you had put on my head for the adornment of my last passing, and I would like to gift you with the money to actually take the training and be part of the association so you can be a part of the change around the world and be prepared for your guests that are coming after you so that you can do it the same way you did professionally from the job you left. So I took on that challenge. That's wonderful. And when you explain it that way, it seems like a very natural transition. So I'm so glad that you made that transition because you're impacting so many lives today. Not that you weren't before, but in a different way. So great work. I have this question for you. Based on your experience, with supporting cancer patients, what advice do you have for people that have been newly diagnosed with cancer or are in treatment or they've reached survivorship and they just feel hopeless and overwhelmed? What advice do you have for those people? Well, I like to think of it as, how could I give you my hand? I would like to see that hand reaching out to have support. You're not alone. You know, if you choose to be alone, that is a choice that I honor and respect. Yet everything else, please reach out and ask. Um, I think the most important thing for a new diagnosis is to gather the information. And just like I said, we have that wave in life. Ride the wave of getting more information. Uh, Take an opportunity to join a support group or ask someone to be an advocate such as myself to gather information and bring it to your side so that you yourself can start to learn about your choices and be educated. And another thing for new diagnosis, to be honest, and this is part of the services that I want to bring to the forefront going forward is starting to partner people to have treatment together. You know, Mm -hmm. so whether you've been just diagnosed or you're going on an ongoing therapy, I used to call it the happy bus. I had a, Mm -hmm. uh, I had a, a a little vehicle and I used to put three of them together and we would go down to the cancer unit together. And I said, let's make friends with everybody that can make our day easier Mm -hmm. from the person where we park our car so that we get ease and comfort and familiarity to the person at the front. Each time we thank them for coming, you know, welcome us. Like you're, this is probably going to be the last day you see me. So, you know, like say goodbye, like, like you're not going to see them again. Mm -hmm. And I think for um, as we get into making decisions and choices, I think the most important thing that I could offer is to do the amends. I work with people to ensure that they don't take anything with them that they don't need. So take an opportunity to write down anything that you'd like to take care of well in advance uh, before it becomes worrisome gather friends and family, create love letters, create a story, and more importantly, give yourself something every day that comes from you that is like an altar item, that is your anchor, 
that will be with you throughout your whole journey. Similar to myself, I still carry this piece that I've worked with with everybody I've ever worked with. That is my most important piece. That is my totem. And no matter where you are is take it where you are. Even, even if you have to go in and have some tests done, I put it in a cute little box and I say to the person that's doing it, I said, oh, this is for your protection as well as mine. So you hold on to that while you go in that room and do that for me. You know what, you know, make, you know, have some fun if you'd like with it too, and bring something in there so that you have support before, during, and after your care and find a way to navigate. Just like there's a map, find out where you're going each time on your journey. And if you need help, just raise your hand, stop at any time. Just like I was saying that Reiki's a gas station. Mm -hmm. You just get a fill back up. So I definitely ask them to bring in um, soothing therapies and have an action plan way before we need it. I'm even asking people now when they have even no onset of illness, but they know it runs in the family to start strategizing already about what would make you happy. So someone can bring you something that you actually like, and they're another pacifying you, they're always satisfying you. Wonderful advice. Very helpful. Thank you for sharing that. What is something that you wish for, Trina? What is one thing that you that you wish for? Well, I got to be honest. <laughs> I wish that not only um, more guests come and educate me about what their needs are, but that my legacy will be this work. Mm-hmm. And that just like we go to kindergarten and we're really excited the first day that we got an apple and we learned our ABCs and how to put the numbers in a row. Um, there was this gentleman in, uh, in school. I used to have electrical storms and I was afa- afraid. And Victor used to walk me home. Ramdas says that too. I want to walk you home. I want to be known as a walker. Mm-hmm. I, I want to be a walker. Yeah. I think that's so important. I want to be remembered because of how I supported you and your family and your friends going forward. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. That's great. You want to be known as a walker. A walker. Yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. So Trina, before we end today, I'd like to ask my guests these same two questions. The first one is, what is something that you've learned in life that you would like to share with the listeners? Mm. Wow. I definitely have learned that beauty is from the inside out. And the other thing I'd have to say is that the best job I ever applied for is being a daymaker. If I am the only one that touches you today, may I, may I please make your day? Yeah, that's, yeah. Talk about purpose and knowing your purpose. Yeah. Wonderful. And the final question, Trina, not that you're not doing enough already, What's next for you? Oh, what is next for me? Well, I am really actually glad that you asked that question because being new in this career and building this career, um, I am a voice. Uh, The best way for me to share my story around the world is to talk, 
to be on radio, to be on TV, to be on billboards. So when they see me, they go, absolutely. You know what? I deserve to have a concierge. Yes. Call Trina, the daymaker. That's, <laughs> that is it. I just, I want, and I am a voice. So I really, I think the most important thing is to share in community, to share in messages, to receive invitations and learn because I am a student of lifelong learning. So that's the most important thing to me is to hear your voice, to reflect into my heart so that I can be in a voice and an advocate and just be that walker in life as a daymaker. Wonderful. And you know, I, I visualize myself driving and seeing that billboard with your face on it. <laughs> Thank so you. One, so one day, one yeah. day. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 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 Yeah, it's, definitely. It's been such a pleasure talking with you today, Trina. Before we go, if there's someone out there that wants to get in touch with you and learn more about you, where can they find you? Well, thank you for asking. Uh, the most important thing is to go and see all the services that I offer is coaching with Trina. I've just changed and updated my website. So that's uh, coaching with Trina, T-R-I-N-A.com. But Instagram is always a great way to connect with me at Trina McGee Intuitive or at end of life underscore concierge. So those are the best ways. I'm always available. There's some great information. I've got uh, some definitely some opportunities for people just to have conversations with me as well and join me there. So I look forward to seeing everyone following, asking questions, teaching me about your experiences so that I can uh, bring back to those in my community and around the world. Great. And I will include all of that information in the listen notes. So make sure you take some time to follow up with Trina, check out her website, her social media pages. She has a lot of great information there. Thank you again so much, Trina, for joining us and explaining to us about all the wonderful work that you do. Thank you for being a service and a support to all of, all of us out here who eventually will need your support because we're all going to have to face death someday. And why, why wait till the last minute? Get your yes. affairs in order now. Yes, thank you. All right. It's been a pleasure, Trina. Before we leave today, I want to give a shout out to the listeners. Thank you as well for joining us. That is it for this Wednesday. And until next time, let's keep navigating cancer together. Take care. I hope this episode filled you with hope, inspiration, and information. If you enjoyed the content and found it helpful, please leave a review, rating, and subscribe to the show. It will help others find us so we can share this very important information. Thank you so much for tuning in. I truly appreciate your support and join us for the next episode. Until then, let's keep navigating cancer together. Thank you.